ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 337th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're a few weeks out from training camp starting. Perfect time for us to share with you a one-on-one interview we had with Falcons coach Arthur Smith. We're going to title this episode, The Master Plan. For the offense in 2022, uh, under, underwent a great deal of change in the offseason with trading Matt Ryan. They'll have to settle in at quarterback. Uh, they're staying with the offensive line. They did get back Corderell Patterson. And the continued development of tight end Kyle Pitts will be key to the uh, Falcons' plan on the offensive side of the ball this upcoming season. So, you know, as we move forward and uh, get ready for training camp and so forth, let's take a look at the uh, Falcons position by position on the offensive side of the ball today. And the first place we wanted to start our position by position breakdown is up front with the offensive line. Here's Falcons coach Arthur Smith discussing the offensive line and then sliding into the running back situation. Where, um, how do you feel about the new, uh, you know, I'll just go position group. Sure. The, your, your offensive linemen, your new guys, uh, Infetti and Wilkerson, yeah. do they come in and compete for? Guys that have played NFL snaps. Mm-hmm. I think it is important. Um, the one thing is we do have a diverse football staff on the personnel and coaching side. Guys have been other places. and The way the league works, it's obviously very transactional. You like at least bringing guys in here in free agency that are guys that, you, that people you know exactly what they're who they are, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of person you're bringing into the program, and and I, and I give a lot of credit to our staff. There's a great communication, so we know. So Rafetti, a guy that been, you know was drafted high in Seattle, he's been in Chicago. We've got coaches and personnel people that work with him, mm-hmm. and he's got every chance to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Elijah Wilkinson or anybody we brought in here, guys that we've added late in the. Last year, Rick Leonard, you know, guys that everybody's going to be given an opportunity to compete, try to develop guys on the back end, guys that we drafted a year ago, mm-hmm. continue to develop Mayfield, Drew Dahlman, um, you know, Ryan Newsel, guys that have in, been in our program. That's our job as coaches. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of change. I know there's been some mainstays. Mm-hmm. Jake, we've Jake. awarded Jake with mm-hmm. an extension. Jake and Grady Jarrett, both embody everything we look for in this program. Um, Chris Lindstrom, you know, continue to, to improve there and enhance. He had a good good season last year. I continue to do it again and see if we can improve. And Matt Hennessy, same thing. So there's great competition in there. And some of it has been added in Frazee. And then Justin Schaefer, want to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. want to see what uh, Tyler Rabel can do. Leroy, all these guys are here. Leroy is a guy that played tight end that we were making the transition to tackle. Oh, uh, yeah, UT San Antonio. Yeah. Okay. And, and – 
you know, this guy that's been big before, and he, you know, he's been kind of a hybrid blocking tight end. But we we like his skill set, and that was part of our uh, plan for him when we signed him. Mm-hmm. See if we can turn him into yeah. an O line, start him at tackle, which isn't that far removed from playing Y, and see where it goes. And then oh, Kobe yeah. Goss is another guy we picked off waivers, and you know, he'll have a chance to compete as well. And so you've got. 15, you know, 14, right. 15 guys at their different stages of their career, but you've got real competition in there. And mm-hmm. so, we'll, like I said, we've drafted three guys in the last two years. Mm-hmm. We've added free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, philosophically, I don't think you need five first-rounders up there. It's just right. not the history of this league. It's a, yeah. it's a development position, and you find guys any way you can. If you look at people who've had a sustained run of success, it doesn't certainly helps when you – you know, if you feel great, you take a guy in the first round, but it's mm-hmm. not like you need five first rounders to be a good offensive line. Okay. You need the right guys in there, chemistry that can play. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Alex Gibbs put her. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, but that's, that's part of it. I mean, it's just, put it together. <coughs> and the versatility is key because season. you never know. I mean, it's a long season, 17 games. Mm-hmm. you got eight guys up on game day. Guys have to be able to play multiple spots. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the running back situation? Just yeah, it's there. Um, you know, We'll continue to try to enhance Patterson's role in certain spots there. Um, we've got Tyler Algier, who we drafted. Mm-hmm. Want to see what Caleb Huntley can do. Okay. Don't be surprised you see Avery Williams in the mix back there, a different kind of role at running back. Okay. you got Quadre Allison, and you know, we'll continue to look to add there too. Um, Damian Williams I'm excited about. So, so you got, you got you got a lot of different. Yeah, guys with different skill sets. All right, there's Coach Arthur Smith uh, discussing the line. A couple key points here we need to uh, address. the um, You don't need five first-rounders up there. That's why they didn't go out and address the line in the draft. Uh, you know, they feel they had some guys they've been devel- developing, uh, guys that have been building. Uh, Jake Matthews was rewarded with the extension. Uh, and uh, Jalen Mayfield, they're going to continue to develop. Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy will battle at center. Uh, they were fine with Chris Lindstrom. Needs to see him do more and uh, improve as he gets older. Jermaine and Fetty will battle with Caleb McGarry for the right tackle spot. So the Falcons' offensive line, uh, you know, we they've given up over 40 sacks the last four years. Couldn't open up the holes in the running game last year. Uh, over 17 games, they had some spurts. Uh, but, you know, they, um, under Arthur Smith, he's got real competition up there. Doesn't need um, five first-rounders. It's about the chemistry, and the versatility is key up there. So, uh, you know, just going down our depth chart here, here are the names that are competing for those spots. You got Matthews, Rick Leonard, Tyler Favreau, and Leroy Watson. He referenced Watson, the former tight end from Unit. University of Texas, San Antonio. Uh, then um, Jalen Mayfield, left guard. Elijah Wiggins, Elijah Wilkinson was backing him up in minicamp. Uh, Kobe Gassett was also mentioned. And they drafted Justin Schaefer. So that looks a lot better on paper at the guard spot. Uh, Jonathan Harrison was signed late after a tryout minicamp. He's a center by trade. He can play some guard also. And then Ryan Newzell still with the team competing in those interior positions. Uh, and uh, uh, so we mentioned Caleb Gary and German Affetti. 
Running back, it's going to be a committee. Uh, Corderell Patterson, uh, they did not work him out during the mandatory minicamp, but they're going to try to enhance his role uh, at running back. Damian Williams is the big free agent signing. He's been a backup everywhere he's been. Uh, was real solid with the Chief, real solid wherever he's been. Dolphins, Chiefs, Bears. Um, had the big Super Bowl game for the Chiefs. Quadri Allison. Avery Williams is coming over from defense. He played defensive back last year and returner, punt returner mostly. Caleb Huntley's a kid they kept around. They like the way he runs the ball out of Ball State. Uh, Locust Grove, um, uh, local kid. And uh, Tyler Algier, the fifth-round pick, very productive for BYU. Uh, they um, uh, From this group here, they're going to piece together a running game. And maybe somebody takes it over. Uh, maybe they do it in spurts. Maybe one game it's Patterson, and you know maybe Algiers can come in and run the clock out late. Uh, maybe Avery can come in on third downs and catch a ball out of the backfield and learn how to do that from Damian Williams. So uh, the Williams boys will be interesting because you can uh, you know what you have in Damian, and you're trying to see what you have in Avery. Okay, and Quadri's a power back too, so you got two of every kind here in the backfield. You know, uh, the Unicorns, Patterson, Williams and Williams, Avery and Damian, their third down backs, essentially. And uh, Algier and Olison and Huntley are kind of power backs. So that's what they have in the backfield for the Atlanta Falcons. And at fullback, we didn't get to see fullback Keith Smith. He was out with a knee injury. Keith will uh, return for training camp, expected to be uh, back for training camp. And then also they had uh, moved over tight end John Rain. Saw him getting some H-back action. So, you know, tight end H-back. And uh, Parker Hesse was getting some of the tight end H-back fullback type of action. So we, uh, we are through the offensive line and the running back situation for the Atlanta Falcons on this episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast where we look at the offense heading into the 2020 two season so with that we're going to take a, a break this is d orlando ledbetter of the atlanta journal constitution here with the bowtie chronicles podcast ocean breeze tropical beach an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise a drive to daytona beach will actually get you there beach on plan your trip today at daytonabeach.com in Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, the um, next place that we're going to go is to the pass catchers in this organization. Let's hear from Arthur Smith on the pass catchers. You know, wide receiver-wise, uh, I'm not going to the big receiver thing, but, but you got a lot of dudes. You got, you got, I mean, I was just drawing up a trip strike, and you could go Pitts, Porterell, Lake, London. Yeah, there's a lot of ways we can go. On that side. You got a lot of stuff to. Yeah, that's probably been the most together. dramatic 
cultural shift, shift here. This upgrade in that. Well, it's not just necessarily, it's just a cultural shift. You know? Okay. You know, if you look at Arthur Blank's tenure here, you know, they've, they've usually had pretty good pass catchers mm -hmm. in different styles. But, mm -hmm. you know, you went from a couple of years ago to a lot was invested in that room with high-profile players and mm -hmm. different style of offense. And mm -hmm. here we are, you know, since, since I walked in this building, that room is dramatically different. Yeah. Players, mm -hmm. coaches, I mean, the whole philosophical uh, approach in there. So, um, another room's going to be great competition. I mean, obviously, we, we drafted Drake high. There's, mm -hmm. there's an expectation for him. I, I don't, he's not different than any other receiver I've coached or that's previously been in here. And I know a lot of everyone wants to, you know, I think fantasy football has gotten everybody obsessed with wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Look, if you're out there, you're a starter for us. You're expected to make plays, but we're not going to sit there and and just say, hey, you know, it naturally works himself out when guys are productive receivers. But to label somebody, oh, this guy's pencilman is WR1, WR2. Like, we're, we're excited about Drake. We're excited about Brian Edwards. We're excited about the development of some of these young guys, Frank Darby, we added Auden Tate, mm -hmm. Errol Hodge, uh, Amir Bird. I want to see, you know, we signed Geronimo Allison. Was, you know, he, see what he's a vet. He'll have every chance to compete. Old, old uh, Bernie, Jared Bernhardt, you know, a guy that's making a position switch. Okay. Um, Barry Hill, another rookie in a, in a post draft. Tyshawn, I mean, all these guys. I mean, it, it's a. And then, I, of course, I don't want to leave out because the guy that is a transitional holdover who I who I really enjoy coaching is Alameda Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. Well, all right, there's Coach Roger Smith with a rundown of the wide receiver position. Uh, you know, he, he lumped Patterson with the running backs, but you got to put him over at the receivers too. He's going to be a threat coming out of the backfield. But, you know, the big key, the key here is the cultural shift. Um, and what he's talking about, and I'm piecing this together from having talked to TJ Yates and, and um, uh, you know, some of the receivers and so forth, including Drake London, they're going to play inside the numbers. You know, they used to play up the field uh, with Julio Jones and then crossers with, um, you know, uh, with Kyle Shanahan. You know, they were uh, running those under underneath and, underneath crossers, bringing a tight end back underneath Julio and, you know, getting people open that way and uh, throwing the spots and so forth, timing routes and, and so forth. Um, now they're throwing in cuts. They're throwing power football. They're challenging uh, the secondary inside the numbers, playing a tough physical brand of football. He's being nice when he talks about the cultural shift, but he wants some tough big receivers that are going to go in the middle of the field Make a play and get upfield. And all you got to remember is that game in 2019 when the Falcons played um, Tennessee and A.J. Brown had caught something in the middle, beat his man, uh, then split the safeties and took it to the house. You know, that's the, that's the trademark bomb play for the Tennessee Titan offense that Arthur Smith is running. You know, it's not, you know, just run a bunch of nine routes and, and get open deep. That's why it wasn't a big deal to him. Or then that uh, Drake London was not a blazer blazer. 
But, um, you know, fast enough is what T.J. Yates said to get open down the field. So, you know, when they were stockpiling all these 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", wide receivers, that was because they want to beat up on these little big defensive backs in the middle of the field where, uh, you know, the quarterbacks can see. The, um, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, they can pull off an RPO and throw it up to one of the big guys. And then smash the secondary. So they're, they're trying to play a physical brand of football. You know, run first, of course. And then, uh, you know, hit these big receivers. And then maybe slip the speed guys uh, up the sideline. Uh, and Lamade Sagias, he's the top returning receiver. Now, the trade of Brian Edwards was big. That gives him, an, um, you know, an established receiver uh, that, uh, you know, played for the Raiders who's familiar with the quarterback. So, I mean, you know, just looking at the receivers as a group, you got Brian um, Edwards and Drake London would be your top two. Uh, Zacchaeus, three. Patterson, you know, whenever he needed to be, one, two, or three, four, he can do that. Uh, guys they want to develop, Darby. And then there are going to be some interesting uh, cuts on that back end of the receiver group because uh, you still have some talent back there. Cameron, uh, Batson, Court. Corderell Hodge, Stanley Berryhill. Uh, he mentioned Geronimo Allison, Auden Tate, Demir Bird, uh, Bernhardt's this lacrosse guy. Full expect him on the special teams. He looks good moving around, just kind of raw, um, you know, at the receiver, which was to be expected. Then Tyshawn James from uh, Central Connecticut. So, you know, those are the big um, – that's a big part of the team this year, the wide receivers and what they're going to do. Uh, how they're going to play inside the numbers, attacking secondaries. Now, of course, the tight end position, you know, you have Kyle Pitts into, going into his second year. Uh, the rookie had over 1,000 yards, uh, only one touchdown in the red zone. Uh, everybody believes he's on his way to a fabulous career. So we will see how he's used this year by the new quarterbacks and if they have come up with some ways to get him open in the red zone. So Kyle Pitts, he's one of the key players of this offense. Corderell Patterson was the biggest weapon last year. We're, we're expecting Kyle Pitts to be a major, major threat along with uh, Drake London. I don't know how major he's going to be, but he's going to play. And Drake London's going to be a mismatch when he goes in the slot against most nickelbacks. So how fast he can come along uh, when that, once they put the pads on, it's going to be key for the Falcons. Uh, you know, and then tight end wise behind Kyle Pitts, you have Anthony Fersker, who comes over from Tennessee, the Harvard uh, grad. We mentioned Parker Hesse and John Rain. Uh, they also drafted John Fitzpatrick out of Georgia, who appears to have a future as a blocking tight end. And they said he can get down the field a little bit, too. So we'll see how that develops for him. Brandon Linus. Tucker Fist, and of course, you know, the big offseason story was Felipe Franks, the third-string quarterback, moving into the tight end room to see if he can uh, help out in the tight end situation. Uh, so we'll see how that develops, uh, you know, through training camp. Justin Peel, we talked, we discussed uh, Felipe Franks with him, and he said he's working hard at it. He's working really hard. And we'll see if that's something that the Falcons can move forward with with the third quarterback active on game days as the third or fourth tight end. 
out of this group. So, uh, you know, we'll see if that was just an experiment for the offseason uh, or if he's going to be able to make that move. So that's our receivers. That's a big one. That's a big part of this offense. They're going with the same line. Uh, they got a committee at running back. It looks a little bit better than last year's. And they got all these big receivers that go up and uh, get some balls, maybe even help out the uh, young, maybe even help out the quarterbacks. Uh, so, um, you know, and you got Kyle Pitts at 6'6", Drake London at 6'5", and then Corderell Patterson. That's what I was trying to tell him when we were talking. I was like, hey, you can put a trips to one side with all these big guys. And then you can put a speed guy on the backside. What are they going to do, you know? And so he's like, oh, yeah, we got plenty of options. You know, they're working through it. He wasn't going to give me any uh, formations. But, you know, just, you know, that's natural for uh, people to start thinking, hey, well, how are you going to deploy all these big guys? So, um, you know, you're trying to create mismatches, and they're going to have some. So now the key will be, hey, can these quarterbacks get them the ball we don't have to rehash everything that happened at quarterback this offseason. Uh, the Sean Watson uh, flirtation, a lot of folks were upset with that. Uh, you know, he was a former ball boy here with the Falcons, so there were some natural connections. Uh, the Falcons have been through difficult situations before with Michael Vick, and uh, the fans uh, eventually, you know, forgive you and so forth. So, um, you know, that's what, what the thinking was by Arthur Blank. So they didn't get him. Matt Ryan gets traded and uh, uh, to the Colts for a third-round pick. They go out and sign Marcus Mariota. Marcus had been um, with Coach Arthur Smith in Tennessee. He uh, played there and got benched there and has been with the Raiders for the last two years. He was a number two overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, has a playoff win on his resume to go along with a 29-32 and 32 record in the NFL. So he uh, is the um, kind of favorite to open the season for, for my vantage point as a starting quarterback. Now, if they have to find out if Desmond Ritter, the third-round pick out of Cincinnati, if he's the quarterback of the future. Now, Desmond uh, was highly successful for the Bearcats, 44-5, and five, led them to the playoffs, had some uh, uh, showdowns with Georgia in the bowl game uh, the year before, Chick-fil-A bowl, then went to the playoffs last year, uh, so-called group of five playoff, and went toe-to-toe, or at least head-to-head with Alabama, uh, couldn't generate much offense against them. And, um, you know, lost in the semifinals. But Desmond Ritter was a big-time player, big-time part of that success of the Cincinnati program. Well, let's hear from Coach Arthur Smith on how he plans to work the quarterbacks. The new quarterback group in, uh, is intriguing because they all can move yeah. a little bit. And, uh, Talk about other huge transitional Yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah, uh, yeah. you have a guy that's that I, I was glad I got to coach for a season. I got the utmost respect for him, but he'd been here a long time and as, as, mm-hmm. as a franchise staple. It's going to be a completely new look at this. Um, with, with Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, Felipe will have a compete for some sort of role, but um, we got to make sure, you know, bring Marcus along and at the same time 
giving Dez a fair shot, but we're not going to rush something for some agenda. Mm-hmm. There will, they'll, you know, the best player will play. So where are you at on the continuum with regards to developing quarterbacks? Well, you know, the old school, they set them. I think it's, play you've got the most position. It's, it's the, again, it, whoever invented the game, how pro football evolved, I don't want to misquote this, but at the end of the day, it's, <laughs> especially in professional football, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the premier position. Mm-hmm. It's why the guys get paid what they get paid. It's a, it's a hard position. I, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to look to develop in that spot. Mm-hmm. And that was an old-school approach. Mm-hmm. I know that's what Ron Wolf did. I mean, hell, when you break training camp and you look over there and, and you've got Brett Favre and Mark Brunel. And, I did, man. You, you, you were there. You yeah, know what I'm saying? There, like, yeah. you know, one of the Detmer brothers was there at some point. You had Matt Hassel back there at some point. You had uh, Aaron, Brooks. Aaron Brooks from UVA there at yeah. some point. You had Kurt Warner who couldn't even, he couldn't even, even get, get to camp. the field. Yeah. Yeah, but, that was but, amazing. And I think – 95. The nature of it, I think maybe the things being very transactional, I think with coaches coming and going so much, it's not a lot st- of stability anymore. I don't know if that's kind of movement. I, I've got my other theories, but mm-hmm. why not take shots to try to develop, especially in these longer seasons? Like, when you get so thin, yeah, it's great when you have your franchise quarterback and everybody's looking for that, but when you're also thin at that position and the guy can't play you know, if he, unfortunately, if he gets injured, even if he's out a week or two, that could cost you a trip to the postseason. Uh, yeah. As long as I'm here, we'll continue to try to develop that room. Okay. All right, there's Coach Arthur Smith. Couple key points in there. Um, they're going to develop the quarterback. We're not going to rush him. The best players will play. So if they don't believe Redder has control of everything, they're not going to run him out there. So, uh, and they want to take some pride in developing at that position. He referenced, uh, you know, Green Bay, and we've talked about that here, uh, written about it several times, about how Ryan Wolf stockpiled quarterbacks. He drafted one almost every year. You know, you knew the big names. He even drafted a Navy quarterback. Uh, He even had Jay Barker in there from Alabama at one point. Um, You know, but they developed the quarterback, and part of it early on was to, you know, they didn't know what Brett Favre was going to do. You know, he would, he would, uh, him and Holmgren and uh, uh, Sherman Lewis were going at it toe to toe every day to try to turn him into a quarterback. And, you know, they had Mike Burnell as insurance. And then once Favre turned the corner, they, Burnell, Burnell was, uh, I think, went to Jacksonville in the expansion draft. Uh, then there was Aaron um, Aaron Brooks after that. He talked about the Detmer brothers and uh, one of his guys, Matt Hasselbeck, who ended his career over in Tennessee. So he said, we're going to look at developing at that spot. And, you know, with that, uh, you know, that, mean that, that might mean, hey, they might, go, they might take a quarterback again next year and keep developing at the quarterback position. And, and one thing he referred to uh, was Kurt Warner, Kurt was in camp, uh, I want to say, it was the early 90s, 94, uh, 93. And uh, he, he uh, wasn't ready to go on the field and start Steve Mariucci cutting. So he couldn't even get on the field and uh, goes back to, you know, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but we don't really do the book movie recommendation thing here on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. But we're going to do that with this one because we saw it on, on the plane. Going out to the Super Bowl, uh, American Underdog. 
Go get all your Kurt Warner stuff. You know how it ended. It ended with him being in the Super Bowl uh, several times and getting the Super Bowl ring and putting on a gold jacket. Uh, know how I started. Now, he got cut in Green Bay because he couldn't remember the plays or he wasn't ready to go in. Coach says go in, you go in, and you run something. Uh, but um, your movie recommendation here before the season start is American Underdog. By, um, you know, a good good story, kind of the Kurt Warner story there. It was a touching, touching movie. I enjoyed that one. So with that here, let's just review. Let's just review from Coach Arthur Smith. The offensive line, he they kept the line. We've been bashing him. Uh, you know, he got mad at me. I was like, hey, how are you going to fix the line? And let, they're going to fix the line by letting them keep play. They're going to keep developing them. Uh, you know, you don't have that line drop back uh, 40 times. You don't, you're not going to drop back 40 times a, a game behind that line. You're going to try to run the ball behind the line. So, um, and, and he said that, hey, you don't need a bunch of first-rounders up there. Versatility and continuity is key. Now, this is a, oh, he probably learned this from his time in Washington with Joe Gibbs. This is the old-school approach, the Alex Gibbs approach. And we saw it here in Atlanta where they found linemen like Harvey Dahl, Tyson Clayball, uh, you know, guys that went out there and, you know, gave it, you know, gave it their all and did their thing. Uh, my man Ryan Schrader from Valdosta State. So, you know, you can't find linemen, and they're trying to find some. They got uh, Vrabel's son in here from Boston College. They got Leroy Watson in here from University of Texas San Antonio. They're trying to find them some linemen. So we'll see how that works when camp gets here. Running back, I like the committee. It looks good. The committee's good on paper. Run uh, Wide receiver, three, uh, Drake London's going to be a player. It looks like everybody looks like a player in shorts and helmets. Let's say wait till we put on some pads. Folks like Brian Edwards, um, I haven't. I would have thought he had done something by now. Uh, but let's see. Let's see. Uh, Arden Tate, Corderell Patterson, Demir Bird. Uh, you know, you know they've done different things on different levels in this league. So, I mean, that's a good group of collective pros. Of course, you might have a megastar, uh, rock star at tight end. So that'll cover up a lot of things. So you're okay there. And then, of course, the big thing is, hey, what type of attack can you put together to play to the strengths of Marcus Mariota for now and Desmond Ritter for possibly in the future as you develop the quarterback position? So with that, we're going to um, say goodbye from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. That's a um, you know 337th episode, the master plan of the Falcons offense for the 2022 season. Take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. 
Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.